I hope so, because it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> okay, two openings, 1 Chronicles 4 and 1 John 5. 1 Chronicles 4, 1 John 5. 1 Chronicles 4, 1 John 5. Two places in Scripture here. Hallelujah. Again, thank God for all of our guests that are here. I appreciate you being with us this morning. Hallelujah. And um, I want you to know that God loves you so much. God loves you so much. And God has a plan for your life that will blow your socks right off your feet. And you come to a place like this to learn God's plan, learn God's will, learn what God wants for you. Learn, what he's, learn the reason why you're here on this planet. You didn't sneak into the earth. God meant for you to be here. And you're alive today because God has a plan for your life. Amen? All right, yeah, First Chronicles 4. Okay, we're going to look at one verse, verse 10. Verse 10. Let's read that together. Ready, read. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So God granted him what he requested. Now, 1 John 5, let's look at verses 14 and 15. 1 John 5. Verses 14 and 15. When you have it, say amen. amen. All right. Let's read it all together. If you don't have it, it's on the screen in front of you. Ready? Read. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This is the confidence that we have in him. So God wants you and me to have confidence in him. Today I'm talking to the subject, pray boldly, pray boldly. Father God, thank you today for giving us this moment to spend this time of your word. I pray that God, every person has a hearing ear, a seeing eye, and a receiving heart, Lord, for the word of God. I pray that God, every person would lean into the word of God. Lean in and receive. Lean in and shake off any hindrance or distraction the enemy wants to bring into their hearts and their lives. And I pray that God today, that you give me the ability to, to speak clearly your thoughts, your mind, your heart to your people. And I pray, Father, that as we receive the word of God, it will change us on the inside, that you may be able to use us to do great exploits in the earth. It's our prayer. We believe it's done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. and amen. Praise God. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. God is a great God. I said God is a great God. Y'all are so churchy because y'all say, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Hallelujah. But I just want you to know, for real, he he's really is a great God. And God has always loved his people and always looked to bless us. And do wonders in the earth. God, from the moment that we even read about God and the word of God, you know, God was here before the world began. God created the world. Okay? You got to say that today because children are being taught that God didn't create the world. But God created this whole planet. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And ever since God made us, it's always been God's plan and desire and will to bless his people and to do great wonders in the earth. Hallelujah. And God hasn't changed. In 2024, God still has the same plan, the same main thing on his mind. There's a scripture in Psalm 115 I want to read for you. Psalm 115, beginning at verse 12 
through 15, where it says this. It says, the Lord has been mindful of us. Everybody say mindful. God is mindful. That mindful means his mind, his thoughts are full of us. God is thinking about you right now. I said God is thinking about you right now. I know there are things, I know there's wars going on over there in, in, in Palestine and Israel, that area, and wars going on in Ukraine and so forth, and hunger and thirsting and all kind of earthquakes and disasters and things happening. But in the midst of all that, you are on God's mind right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can't help but think about you all the time. Hallelujah. In fact, you, you were a thought in God's mind before you showed up in your, your mother's womb. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Notice this. It says, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. So notice, you're on his mind, but what else is on his mind? Blessing. So his mind is full of thoughts and ideas of blessing you. Notice it says he will bless us, he will bless the house of Israel, he will bless the house of Aaron. Just so you know, we're talking about Israel, that's the people, talking about Aaron, that's the priesthood. So the same way God will bless the people, he'll bless the preacher. That's why I don't need you to do anything for me, I don't ask you to do anything, I don't have to uh, manipulate you and, and twist any words and twist scripture trying to bend things, I don't need to do that because the same way God will bless you, he'll bless me. Matter of fact, I want to tell you on the other side, the same way he'll bless me, he'll bless you. Glory to God. As goes the priest, so goes the people. Right? Then it says, verse 13, he will bless those who fear the Lord. Is that us? He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase. Come on. More and more. You. So notice God is into increase on a multi-generational level. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. So God expects my children to increase more than I increase. That I leave an inheritance for my children's children. Proverbs 13, 22, right? But I, when I leave that inheritance, now, now my children, they increase more and more. Then he says, may you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. So God's mind is full of us with the intent to bless us, with the intent to increase us more and more. But beyond blessing us, God's intent is for his glory to be seen in all the earth. He wants to reveal his power and his might so all people begin to turn away from evil and to serve the living God. But in every generation, in every region, and in every family, God has to find somebody who will let him flex. In every generation, the Bible says David served the Lord in his generation. That means in every era, in every time, God has to find somebody who will let him flex. In every region, in every area, God has to find somebody who will let him flex. Because the Bible says that the knowledge of God of the Lord shall cover the earth even as the waters cover the sea. So God wants people all over the earth to know him, to know who he is, to know his power, to know he's the only living God. There are all kinds of false gods, false deities out there. People are serving uh, idols and worshiping idols and they're, they're bound on all kinds of things. But God, only God, Jehovah God, is he's the only living God. And so he wants to make his glory known throughout the whole earth. Isaiah 40 verse 5 says that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh is going to see it together. God wants everybody on earth to know his glory. 
Because if they know his glory, they'll have no excuse at judgment. Your Bible says in Romans 1 that God, he's, he's made himself known to everybody. So people, people don't even have the excuse to say, well, I never went to church. I never heard about Jesus. I never, you know, they, I, I, never, I never heard the gospel. Now, when you stand before God, you can't use that excuse. Because God says, I make it so plain. The heavens declare my glory. The earth declares my glory. The trees, everything around, everything declares my glory. I make myself known to people. Hallelujah. And so God wants to reveal himself in a mighty way, but he has to find somebody in every generation. I made up in my mind that I want to serve the Lord in my generation. I thank God for my father and my forefathers, but in my generation, God needs to have somebody. It doesn't matter if it, you don't go. I'm going to be the somebody. I'm going to be the one that God uses in my generation. But not only in my generation, in my region. Who's God going to use in this region? Who is God going to use in this area? Who is God going to work through in this area? Beyond that, in every family. Who's the one God's going to use in every family? I say this to you often, I say it to you often, and I hope you get this through your thick skulls at some point, that you're not here on accident. You are not here, just, just you stuck in this church. God directed you. He said, go down that street. Or he had you meet somebody. He had you connect with somebody to go and be part of this church. I, you think y'all special? Yes, I know we're special because God has put his hand on us. He's put his hand on this ministry. He's put his hand on us to, to raise up people who understand that you are called by God to make a difference even in your own family. There was only one Joseph out of the 12 sons of Jacob. There's only one Abraham out of those sons of Terah. There's only one David out of the eight sons of Jesse. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. God, God has to find somebody. The one, are you the one? Ask your neighbor, are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one somebody that God uses in your family that's going to change the future of your family, of your region? of your generation. Who is it among the millennials? Who is it among the generation Y? Who is it among the generation X? Who is it among the generation Z? Who is it among the new generation Alpha? Who is it among the generation that God's going to use to do great wonders in the earth? 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 verifies this fact to us when it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So notice it says God, his eyes are running through the earth. In other words, God is scanning the whole planet. He's trying to find somebody, somebody who will let him flex. That means that this must not be a common person. 
Because if this was a common person, he would have to look through the whole earth. He'd just say, okay, I got a bunch of people over there. But obviously, that kind of person is, a dime, is, is not a dime a dozen. This person is special. It's peculiar. It's a standout. It's an uncommon person. And I believe my prayer is that when God scans this church, he finds a room full of people whose hearts are loyal to him that he can use in this generation, in this region, and in your family. So God, he's looking for somebody. And this year is no different. God's ready to show out. Ready to show off. He's ready to bring this whole thing to a close. But he has to find somebody who will think big. Somebody who will pray boldly. And somebody who will expect much. That's the series we're working on right now. Think big. Pray boldly. Expect much. Say it again. Think big. Pray boldly. And expect much. We've been looking at the story of Jabez here in the scriptures. Jabez here in 1 Chronicles 4 verses 9 and 10. Again, this is a, a, a character that we don't know anything else about him. We don't know any, any other uh, circumstances about his life other than what's read here. In verses 9 and 10, he's not mentioned anywhere else in Scripture uh, after this. So we can only glean from what we see in the this, in this Scripture. The Bible says he was more honorable than his brothers. He was more honorable than his brothers. That means that God, as he searched, he found somebody. Y'all are not getting this. He, he, he found somebody. He was more honorable than his brothers. In verse 10, now, I, I dealt with the verse 9 already about the pain and all that kind of good stuff. I don't have time to deal with that. Go back over the previous messages about this. Verse 10, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So I want you to see here, we talked about this, how Jabez was thinking big. He was thinking Big. He said, oh, when you say the word oh, you're already starting off with, with a bang here. Oh! In other words, this isn't a regular request. This is something, this is coming out of the depths of his spirit, the depths of his belly here. Oh! You ever eaten something real good? He said, ooh, oh! Y'all follow what I'm saying? Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, the depths of the wisdom and the riches of Christ. Oh. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. It's, it's deep here. He said, oh, that you have blessed me indeed. And I begin to share with you about how Jabez was thinking so big. How He said, bless me indeed. That word bless comes from, from the Hebrew word barak, which means uh, it comes from a root word meaning to bless abundantly or greatly. He said, God, I want you to bless me, bless me, bless me abundantly or greatly. But when you see the word bless me indeed, the word bless and the word, both the word bless and the word indeed are the same Hebrew word barak. So he's saying barak, barak, or bless me, bless me. In other words, I don't want you to bless me a little bit. I want you to bless me real big. I want you to bless me abundantly. Just, just one barack means to bless abundantly or greatly. But he put two of them together. Hallelujah. And so he, he said, God, I want you to, I mean, really, really bless me. 
he was a big thinker. And I ministered to you in the, my last three messages about thinking big. Do y'all remember any of that? I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying those, those messages myself. I, I have to go over and listen to them myself because I don't know what comes out when it comes out. There are things I write, but I ask the Holy Spirit to flow through me. So there are things that he says I didn't know he was going to say, and I didn't understand it when he said it. So I got to go back and listen to it myself so I get the revelation. Are y'all with me? But I want to bring out just one more thing here about this whole uh, thinking big, and then I'll move on. Big thinkers often intimidate or offend small thinkers. Big thinkers often intimidate or offend small thinkers. Eagles offend chickens. But I want to say that to you because I, don't, I want to make sure you don't let people condemn you just because you have the capacity and the audacity to think bigger than they do. When you, when you talk to somebody and you talk about your big idea or your big dream or your big vision and they get intimidated or offended, they will sometimes try to bring condemnation on you and tell you you ought not be thinking like that and they, they want you to come back down to, to their level. The, re, the reason is because they don't have the capacity or the audacity to think big. You think bigger than they do. And what they'll tell you often is, uh, they, they want you to, uh, uh, here's the phrase, uh, come back down to reality. Y'all heard that before, haven't you? I need you to come back down to reality. And when they say that, what they really mean is, come back down to my reality. Come back down to my capacity. Come back down to my level of thinking. Come back down to where I can comprehend. What they're telling you is you're thinking too big for them. And, and they will try to bring you back down. Hallelujah. I, I noticed the fact because we saw this happen in 1 Samuel 17 when David was going to go fight Goliath. Remember David? Y'all remember David before he became king? He showed up on the scene. Uh, Israel is out there poised to fight against Goliath and, and, the, and the Philistines. But uh, Goliath, this big head guy, big tall guy, uh, he was a giant, the Bible says. And he's talking all kind of smack for 40 days. And David comes and he hears about the good news. Hey, if I, if I, if I beat him, you know, I get, I get uh, you know, a wife and I get uh, 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 money and I get tax freedom for my household. And he said, what, the, the wife? He go back to the wife part. Yeah, I get a wife. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'm going to do it. And he goes and they, they tell King Saul, okay, there's this guy named David. He's a small guy, but he's a big thinker. Y'all miss it. He's a small guy, but he's a big thinker. And David runs and he talks, talks to, to Saul. And Saul tells him this over in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, me David, will go and fight with this Philistine. Now he's a big thinker, but watch a small thinker, Saul, try to bring him down. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. So the problem for Saul is, Saul can't think that big. 
He doesn't have that capacity, and he sure don't have that audacity. And so because Saul is a small thinker, he tries to bring David back down to his level. You got to watch out before folks try to bring you back down to their level. I'm going to find somebody. You got to watch out before folks try to bring you back down to their level. And David said, he said, no, let me tell you a story. I'll keep my father's sheep. And whenever bears would come, I'd grab them and I'd kill them to save the sheep. Whenever lions would come, I wouldn't run away. I'd grab them and kill them and save the sheep. He said, and this guy, this old tall guy here ain't nothing for me. I, I know the God I serve. So, so because I've had some experience, I, I think on a bigger level. I think on a different level. Mr. Saul, no disrespect, Mr. Saul, but I think on a bigger level. You got to catch it. Y'all, y'all, better, y'all better watch this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That here's David, the shepherd boy, thinking bigger than the king. He's thinking bigger than the king. Well, you know what happened? He eventually became king. Because real kings think on a higher level. Real kings think on a bigger level. God gave, gave Solomon largeness of heart. And Solomon, King Solomon could think on a large level, a global level. Y'all got this. So I told you God will work with you if you think big, talk big, and you walk big. But there's more to Jabez's story. First Chronicles 4, Jabez's story. I'm going to read the Living Bible, verse 10, the Living Bible. Listen to this. Listen to this. We, we celebrated over this a couple weeks ago. This is, this is how the Bible talks about Jabez. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. What made Jabez stand out more than his brother? What made Jabez more honorable? What made Jabez more weighty? What made him more heavy? What made him more noble than his brothers? He was the one who had the capacity to think big, but the audacity to pray big. The Bible says he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you will wonderfully bless me and help me in, um, in my work. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all evil and disaster. And God granted him his request. Oh, can, can we just review that real quick? I want you to see that. He's, th- this, is, this, is, this is praying boldly. This, this, is, this is audacious kind of prayer. This is an outrageous kind of prayer. This is the kind of prayer that people today in church wouldn't think of praying. People in church today sing songs and pray. Anyway, you bless me, Lord. Just anyway, Lord, anything you do for me, I'd be happy about it. But that's not at all how Jabez prayed. That's not a bold prayer. That's a passive, small-minded, don't understand how big God's muscles are. Don't understand the mind of God kind of prayer. But Jabez understood the mind of God, the power of God, the love of God, so much so that he had the boldness to ask him a crazy prayer. 
wonderfully bless me. Bless me so much that folk wonder. Look at y'all, look at y'all, y'all scared. Bless me that make folk jaws drop. Am I preaching to three of y'all? Who am I? Okay. Bless me the folk start putting rumors out about me. Today start talking about me like a dirty dog. Bless me the folks stop inviting me to the family reunion because look, I'm going to show everybody up when I roll up in what I roll up in. I'm about to come back over here. Bless me until they say I think I'm all that. Wonderfully bless me. Help me in my work. I'm going to put my hands to, to some work. God, I, I want you to help me in all my work. In other words, God, I'm going beyond my business classes. I'm going beyond my business lessons. I'm God, I, God, I want your hand. Didn't God tell them back in Deuteronomy, he said in 28, he said, I will bless all the work of your hands. So he has audacity to say, God, I want you to do that. You said you're going to do that? Do that. Make me a multimillionaire before this year is out. I'm going to come back over here. Take me global before this year is out. Help me in my work. Please be with me in all that I do. Now, I know this next one is real crazy, Sister Michelle, because most church folk would never dream of asking this next part. Keep me from all evil and disaster. In other words, Jabez says, God, for the rest of my life, don't let anything bad ever happen to me again. God, I'm tired of going to the hospital. I'm tired of going to the clinic. I'm tired of going to the emergency room. I'm tired of car accidents. I'm tired of the roof leaking. I'm tired of, I'm tired. God, don't let nothing else bad happen to me the rest of my life. Now see, religious folk will say, you can't pray that prayer because we're sometimes up sometimes down, sometimes almost level to the ground. Where you get that from? Where you get that from? What preacher told you that you had to live your life sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes almost level to the ground? Oh, no. I went to the funeral, and the funeral leader said, man born of a woman but a few days, and they're full of trouble. God didn't say that. That's what one of Job's friends said. Oh, no, Pastor, I read what Job said. Well, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. That's what Job said. But you know if you read the story, God didn't take nothing away. Tell you that, but that wasn't God. That wasn't God. We know it was the devil. But because of religious tradition, 
ignorance, law of first truth. Remember that last week? Religion, tradition, ignorance, law of first truth. What you heard first, you put faith in. So your faith says, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I got to make sure, you know, I kind of watch out because something bad can happen today. Yet the Bible says in Proverbs that we shall not be visited with actual evil. How many of y'all read it in Proverbs every month? That those of us who are righteous, we shall not be visited with evil. Amplify says actual, but in the King and New King James, it just says we should not be visited with evil. Oh, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, how come Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, but deliver us? Did he say that? Did Jesus, did Jesus tell, did he tell us to pray, but deliver, lead us not into temptation? But deliver us from evil. Did somebody once say, evil shall not befall you? Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. So the wicked sinners should have trouble all the time. But the righteous. I said, but the righteous, the children of God, are supposed to be living in days that get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter to the perfect day. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? Proverbs 4 verse 18. So here is Jabez under the old covenant who has the unmitigated gall, the audacity, the boldness to pray, Lord, don't ever let anything bad happen to me again. Now here's the clicker. And God granted him his request. God said, oh, you want to be blessed wonderfully? You got it. Oh, you want my hand on you? Yeah, you got it. Want me to bless all your work? Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah, you want me to be with you all the time? Yeah, you got it. But this whole keeping it from evil thing, I don't know about that. You know, I'm not, you know, the devil is kind of, the devil's slick. You know, the devil kind of shrewd. I don't know if I can keep you from all evil. Okay, hold on, hold on. Thank you, Lord. Let's go back to Job. Y'all remember Job? Yes, sir. When, when Satan went to God about Job, God said, Job, he said, oh, Satan, where you been? He said, oh, I've been going to and fro. You know how God, his eyes go to and fro to bless the people? Satan said, I'm going to and fro. I'm look, you know, looking to mess with people. And God said, yo, you've been to Job's house, haven't you? Have you considered Job? Now, preachers who don't understand Revelation will teach that like God recommended Job for a trial. That's not what happened. Reading in the original Hebrew, it'll say, oh, you've been considering Job, haven't you? That's why when Satan responds, he said, yes, but you got a hedge around it. He 
He said, yeah, I've been down there and I, 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 I've been trying to get in. I've been trying to, oh, Jesus. I've been trying to get in. I've been, I've been trying to find a way to mess with him because, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Job was an upright man, blameless man. He feared God. He shunned evil. And he blessed people everywhere he went. He fed the poor. He clothed the naked. He was eyes of the blind. He took care of widows and orphans. He was a good man. And the devil couldn't stand it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all just, just, let, let, just let, let me flow. Let me flow. The, the devil couldn't stand it, Pastor, because, because the devil was trying to destroy them widows and destroy them orphans. But Job kept taking care of them. He was trying to break that widow's spirit, break that orphan spirit on the inside, and Job kept holding him up. I got you. I got you. So the devil's like, I got to kill him. Only way I'm going to take control over this region is I got to kill this head of this region. So he got before God. And God said, oh, you've been on Job's house, haven't you? Yeah, I've been, but you got this hedge around him. I can't touch him. If, if Job, matter of fact, this is before even any covenant. If you understand how Job, how the Bible was laid out. Job was before Abraham and all of them. So if Job could have a hedge around him that wouldn't let any evil touch him, Y'all better catch this. Y'all better catch this. Can, can, I, can I thank you, Holy Ghost? Y'all just let me get Okay, can I describe a hedge? When they built a hedge in the physical, now the devil's talking about a spiritual hedge. God had a, a boundary of protection around Job. But a physical hedge was always thorny. My wife and I, we were out there yesterday with all the people. We were, we, were, we were working on Sister Crystal's house and painting her house and everything, getting ready for next week. The next group will come and paint the, you know, next week. And my wife was saying, well, we, we should plant some thorny bushes uh, around the windows in baby girl's room so ain't nobody going to climb through them girls' windows. See, you put a thorny hedge around. Now, would you not know that Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, they, 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 they sold together a thorny hedge. He had a crown of thorns. We are the body of Christ. We now have a hedge all about us. That the only way the devil can get in is if you take down the hedge. Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. I don't want to be hurting no more. Inside or outside. Gonna let nobody else break my heart. Ain't be breaking no more toes. Ain't gonna have no arthritis my whole life. No bursitis my whole life. Ain't gonna have no peanut allergies, no nut allergies, no zinc allergies, no fruit allergies. I'm gonna eat all the fruit I want and the nuts I want and the. Tell your neighbor you have that right. 
How much time I have left? All right, let me hurry. It's an outrageous prayer. Y'all get this here? Yet God granted his request. Period. God granted his request. Period. Yet God granted his request. Period. God has moved when his people think big thoughts and pray bold prayers. I said again, God has moved. Oh, God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For they that come to him must believe that he is, Hebrews 11 verse 6, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. If you have the guts to come to him in faith and ask for what you want, if you're that bold to ask it, I'm not big to give it to you. If you can think that big, I can give it to you that big. Thank you, Lord. God loves boldness. Look at this. First Chronicles 4.10 in New King James. Just, just watch this. I might as well take a couple weeks and just finish this here. Uh, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed. Notice this next line. And enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago that the earth is Lord's the food is thereof, and when God made this whole planet, he thought so big that there's, a, listen to me, enough land on this planet, not water, land only on this planet for every single person, human being on this planet, man, woman, boy, girl, to have 4.5 acres to themselves. There's enough land on this planet for every human being to have four and a half acres. Not every family, every single individual to have their own four and a half acres of land. Enlarge my territory. And the devil has squeezed us. I almost said, said like y'all said in the hood, squoze us. The devil has squeezed us. Y'all know in the, in the hood we say squoze. He squeezed us so in our minds that to have three bedrooms is too much. I, think, I, can't, I can't manage no, no two-car garage. I told you Wednesday night, uh, two, two, I guess that was last Sunday, no, two, two Wednesdays ago, Solomon had a 40,000 car garage. All them stalls, that's 40,000 cars for Solomon. Oh, I know about a thing like that. You ever, you ever checked out these sheiks over in Iran and, and Dubai and United Arab Emirates and these places where these people have hundreds of cars? They have, have these elevators and multi, multiple layers, multiple, come on now, y'all. Enlarge 
my territory. Now, now that, that, that's, 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 that's a bold prayer. He, he, he said, God, give me more land. Now you understand, the land belonged to somebody. The land belonged to somebody. But a bold prayer don't kill. God, they ain't serving you. You read in your time Psalm 37. In your time, read Psalm 37. You'll see how many times God talks about you and me, the righteous, having land that the wicked currently have. And God's whole intent is to take the land out of the hands of the wicked. Read Psalm 37 in your own time, and he wants to put it in your hands. So you, it's all right for you to say in 2024, Lord, enlarge my territory. In, in, the, in the CEV, it says it this way. Give me a lot of land. I decided to holler, Lord, give me a lot of land. Well, I don't need all that. Build some townhouses. Build your own subdivision. We, I, I think, I think this, this is only going to catch uh, 3% of you. I think it, it's, I know it's God's will, but I think there's somebody in here who's going to get a hold of one day you're going to move from a, from a tenant to a landlord. I told you one by three of y'all. One by three of y'all got it. One by three of y'all got it. No, Pastor, I'm just hoping to one day just, just own my own home. No! Landlord. You own the one you in, and you own the one they're in. And you own the one they're in, and you own the one they're in, and you own the one they're in. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my coast. Enlarge my borders. What is he talking about? What, what is he saying here? He's saying, God, expand my area. E expand my reach. You don't have to just think personally. Think about your ministry. Think about your calling. Think about what God's given you to do. Expand my reach. E expand my influence. I, Lord God, I desire a greater influence. E expand my authority. Give me authority beyond where I am. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> See, I, I've, I've learned over time, Elder Baker, to, to, to accept the authority God has given me in this region. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm the only authority because there are other men and women of God here in this region. But I understand I'm, I'm uh, right, at, right at the top of the list. <laughs> in other words, among others, I'm, I'm right up there because... Because I know what God has given me. I, it'd be funny. Many times, my wife and I, we'd be traveling out of town, and uh, the kids, family, whatever. And as we begin driving back into town, I, we we begin to come uh, right near the Howard Franklin, uh, coming through Tampa and getting ready to come to St. Pete. And my wife would always burn out. All right, the apostle's back. All right, Sydney, the apostle's back. See, some of y'all don't understand it. Paul, Paul told, told the church at Corinth, he said, he said, I'm not trying to preach beyond my region. 
In other words, Paul understood God had given him authority over a region. He said, he said but, but, but I have an authority in, in your life. And he said, and my hope is that as your faith grows, then my reach will grow, and I'll be able to preach in regions beyond you. So Paul understood that God had given him an authority over a region, and he said as, as the, the word of God spread, his regional authority would increase. You understand, God has given you authority over your neighborhood. All right, I'll come over here. Who you think it is, the heathen? Okay, that place where you work? You think the CEO is in charge? I can't find nobody over there, okay. You think the CEO is in charge? He ain't in charge. Your principal is not in charge. Wherever you go, if you walk in your God-given authority, you are in charge. Tell somebody, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. I'm about to regulate around here. I'm about to, I'm about to rule and reign. I'm about to decree some things. Whatever I decree is going to be established. We ain't going to have all this foolishness up here in this job. We ain't going to have all this foolishness in this... No, 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 this ain't that. This neighborhood, no, we ain't gonna have it in this, this, this neighborhood belongs to Jesus Christ. How come, see, some of y'all confused. You, you read the paper, Tampa Bay Times, watch the news. They give all kind of reasons speculating now why we keep getting spared from hurricanes. <laughs> they have all kind of conjecture, all kind of speculation. Well, maybe it's because of the Indian burial mounds that are in our area and the Indian spirits are protecting us from hurricanes. And maybe it's because the way we are located on the peninsula and our peninsular shape has protected us. No, baby. It's because there is a man and some people in this region when every time Eurachlodon gets stirred up, we know what manner of men we are. We know what manner of people we are. And we say, no, devil, take you and all your wind back to hell where you came from. And we know how to pray bold prayers. Not wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Well, Lord, please stop by here, Lord. Don't let it be too bad, Lord. No, we ain't no wimpy prayer people. You can't be a wimp and a warrior at the same time. I said you can't be a wimp and a warrior at the same time. You're going to choose either you're going to be a wimp or a warrior. Glory to God. All right, let me, let me hurry up and wrap up here, at least for today. So God granted Jabez's request. Now, I, I'll say this and then let us get into where, where we'll get into uh, next week. Notice again, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, 
Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil. Those are four requests. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be, would be with me. Keep me from evil. So God granted him what he requested. Tell you that, but he said yes. So watch this. How many of you know God is sovereign? Which means you cannot force God ever to do something outside of his will. You can never force God to do something outside of his will. He'll let you do something outside of his will, but let you deal with the consequences. But you can never force him to do something outside of his will. So then this tells me then from this scripture that if God granted his request, that blessing, increase and expansion, his presence and his protection must be his will. Y'all missed it. Blessing, increase and expansion, his presence and protection must be his will. Because I don't care how much you cry, how much faith you think you have, you can never force God to do anything outside of his will. So when I look at this scripture, it tells me then what his will is. And his will does not change. And if this was permissible in God, in fact, in fact, uh, uh, given, uh, granted in God's will for Jabez, then it must be the same for Coletta Walker. Insert your name there. It must be the same for Jonathan Marcus Anderson Sr. It must be God's will to bless me indeed. It must be God's will to enlarge my territory. It must be God's will for his hand to be with me. It must be his will to keep me from evil. It must be his will because if God granted his request, it must be his will. And if I pray his will, then I believe he'll grant my request. That's why we can look now at 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. Come on, go there and we can, we can wrap this up. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. Now, this is the confidence that I have in him. I can't speak for you, but this is what I have. I, uh, I, I, I don't know what you believe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I don't know. I don't know what, what you resolve, but this is the confidence I have in him that if I ask anything according to his will. That means I can't just ask anything or willy-nilly and get what I want. If I ask anything according to his will. According to his will. So I have to find out, Crystal, what is his will? What is his will? How do I know his will? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray seven days. I'm going to fast to 10 p.m. every day. Hang on a time. Okay, that's good. Oh, Lord, show me your will. Oh, Lord. 
show me your will. Now that's okay if you're praying for a specific direction. Should I buy that car or should I buy that house or should I attend that school or whatever, whatever, whatever. But there are some things you don't have to pray about. Because his word has already revealed his will. And when I find it in his word, in Jabez's life, and God said in Malachi 3, he said, I, I, I change not. I, I, cha- I do not change. I do not change. So if God granted this according to his will for Jabez, then it must still be his will for me today. In fact, Jabez was under the old covenant. Hebrews 8, 6 tells me that you and I are part of a new and better covenant based on better promises. So the promises that Jabez had don't even compare to the promises that you have today. Peter said this, that by God's divine power, he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises so we might be partakers of his divine nature. Y'all missed that. He said by God's divine power, he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises so that by these, we are partakers of his divine nature. So everything God promised is meant to bring us to a God status. Did you catch that? I don't mean making you gods. I'm talking about bringing your level of living your level of operation. Are you catching that here? Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 1. He said all the promises of God are what? Yes. Are what? Yes. So if I find the promise, I don't pray for a yes. I pray with a yes. If I find the promises of God, I don't pray for a yes. I pray with a yes. I can pray real bold when I know the answer is yes. There's a certain boldness that my children, my wife and I, our children have when they come ask us for some things. Um, my wife and I were out riding yesterday, coming home from again from out there. We were at uh, Crystal's house. And uh, my son, uh, I text a call something and said, hey, can you cash out me $70? <laughs> What's up? I found, I got, found a jacket. I want to buy a jacket. He sent, sent a picture of him in his jacket. You know what I did? I said, boy, here, take him $70. He, he prayed with boldness because he knew that I'm responsible for him and I love him. Now, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, Matthew 7, verse 11, how much more will he give good things to those who ask him? Pray boldly. You have the right as God's child to ask a father who said, I'm responsible for you and I love you. I will take care of you. Take no thought about your life. How you're going to 
eat. Take no thought about your life, how you gonna drink. Take no thought about your life, how you gonna be clothed. Take no thought about your life, how you gonna have a house. I will take care of you. Tell your neighbor God is responsible for you. And he loves you. And he probably likes you too. Uh, he, he probably likes you a little bit. So because I'm responsible for my son, and I love my son, and I actually like my son, you can get that, man. You can get that. Yeah, you look good in that jacket. I, I, I want you to have that jacket. I want you to have that jacket. Are y'all hearing this here? God loves you. I said God loves you. I said God loves you. I said God loves you. He wants you to have that house. He wants you to have that nice car. He wants you to have those fine clothes. God wants you to have that husband. He wants you to have that wife. He wants you to have that baby. He wants you to have those businesses. He wants you to, he wants you to have it. This is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, he hears, he hears me. Now watch this, watch this last part, and then, then we can ride out. And if, and if, verse 15, and if I know that he hears me. I'm sorry, I know it says us. I'm talking personal. This is with you. And if I know that he hears me. Whatever I ask, that was according to his will. If I can find it in his will, if I can find it in his will, then I know that I have the petitions that I've asked of him. How much bravado how much boldness do I get? Matter of fact, matter of fact, g- give, me, give me this. Uh, give me that, that same verse, please, in the, in the NCV, New Century Version. Because th- this ought to change your attitude. Tell you neighbor, this ought to change your attitude and your approach. And this is the boldness. You see that? Confidence means boldness. Watch this, watch this. This ought to help somebody. If it don't, it'll help your cousin who's going to try to talk about you. It's not arrogance. It's boldness. See, because your religious friends think you, you arrogant because you have the audacity to ask God for three-car garage. Or, or, or vacation home. Something beyond their little brain. But it's not arrogance. It's boldness. This is the boldness we have in God's presence. So notice in God's presence, Joya, I'm supposed to be bold. Lord, I come to you as humbly as I know how. I'm just a poor sinner. Saved by grace. I'm just a worm. 
Get out of my presence. Come back when you know who you are. Lord, I know this big to ask of you. No, no, come back when you know my will. Because then you have boldness. That if we ask God for anything that agrees with what he wants, he hears us. If we know that he hears us every time we ask him, every time we ask him, every time we ask him, we know that we have what we ask from him. all the time I got. Get on your feet. I don't have any more time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. When I was working in the barbershop, I was a barber for 13 years. You ever heard of Anderson's Barbershops? That was us, my family. I used to own a shop called L.A. Clippers. But and both shops, all, I worked in several of our shops. We had different shops all around town. And inevitably, there was always, because it was a unisex salon, we had women in there in the shop. And so there were women in the shop. I'm talking about women actually working in the shop. Uh, we had female barbers. I had, hired a whole crew of female barbers. And uh, we had, my sister was a, is, still is a female barber. We had women doing hair, as they call it, doing hair, <laughs> stylists, so forth. And, uh, but because there are women, James, we always, from 1 o'clock, about 12.30 on to about 4, were stuck watching the stories. I don't know how the women commandeered the televisions. They, like, turned the channel to CBS and hit their own control. And you used to watch Young and the Restless. No, 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 Young and the Restless, no, uh-uh, y'all don't know the order. See, y'all are in real story watches. Young and the Restless, then the Bold and the Beautiful. That Bold and Beautiful was a spinoff. Pastor, how you know all that? I'm working the shop. We can't watch nothing. Un until, until March Madness came, basketball tournament time, they let us, you know, because the TV, they didn't show the stories. We watched March Madness, basketball. Now, outside of those hours, it was all ESPN. Yeah. We put women back in their place. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> so I learned this TV show is called The Bold and the Beautiful. Boldness makes you beautiful. Boldness gives you an air about yourself that God appreciates. He don't want you and me coming to him in this timid, shy, low self-worth, low uh, esteem, low um, image of yourself. He wants us speaking to him eyeball to eyeball. Look me in the eye. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're not my servants. You're my sons. You're my daughters. Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? 
And in religious church, we've been taught to approach God like servants, like little peasant servants. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. No, that's not how we approach God. We approach him as sons and daughters. Just like you had a boldness to go in your, your mama's refrigerator and get some milk. He says, come to me like that. Oh, my God. I want to I take care of you. I want to bless you. I'll get back into this on Sunday. But God has so much. And see, this is what I, I want you to catch. Because we're going to get into this Sunday, the bigger thinking and the more bold prayers that we'll get into. That will begin to go beyond just us. We practice bold praying on ourselves, but he really wants bold praying for cities, nations, people groups. Someone who would have the audacity to say, God, give me the souls of the LGBT leaders in my city. Give me the souls of the ones who own the trap house. That kind of boldness is what God wants. That's where we're going. Y'all received that today?